Father, as we think about um, having right expectations uh, for sharing our faith and, and crossing that pain line, God, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you fill us with your love? And help us be as motivated as Jesus to share our faith for the glory and honor of your name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Mark. Uh, I'm the curate at All Saints Wick and St. Mary Magdalene Liminster as well. If you're joining us online, uh, hello to you as well. Um, it's great to have you joining us. Um, some of you know I play squash, and I love playing squash. And I, I, whether you're into sport or not, I, I think you'll understand what I'm going to say. Um, because there's a moment in a game of squash or a game of sport or in lots of other things in life where, where you begin, you have a choice. And you begin to feel maybe tired and your body's aching and maybe you've got a stitch in your stomach and you think, do I carry on? Do I push through and do I try and win the game? Or do I kind of just give up and play kind of the most economical game possible and, and probably end up losing? And uh, there's various um, reasons why I, uh, why I really go for it. I mean, one is that I am very, very competitive and I love to win. Another one would be, I've been very um, inspired by Chariots of Fire. Do you know that? Do you know the story of Chariots of Fire? The guy who goes, I, I run and I feel God's pleasure. And I, I really do. I, I love playing squash and I, I do kind of want to do it in a way that honors God and uses the gift I have at squash uh, to glorify him. Um, but it's mostly, if I'm honest, it's mostly that I'm really, really competitive. Uh, but this morning, I want to I ask the question, what is it that helps us cross that pain line when it comes to sharing our faith? Because we've all, have you been there? You know, when, you, when you've got that opportunity that Ali talked about so well, to share your faith. And, and sometimes you might literally have a stitch in your stomach that makes you go, I, I don't know if I want to say anything about Jesus in this moment. Um, or maybe you don't, but there's something that sometimes holds you back. Do you ever feel like that? I, I certainly feel like that um, quite frequently. And, uh, and I was thinking, you know, what, what helped Jesus? Um, what helped Jesus cross that pain line? What motivated him? What helped him speak up? Because if you look at the life of Jesus, uh, frequently he is speaking up. And he doesn't just sugarcoat everything and make it all nice. Um, he says some pretty tough stuff. How did he go about doing it? Because Jesus um, was human like we are. Um, and he faced rejection. Um, if we're honest, one of the main reasons why we hold back is because we think other people might reject us. And there's some truth to that. Um, Ali mentioned that sometimes people don't want to hear uh, what she had to say. And Jesus tells us, doesn't he, um, in the parable of the, good, uh, of, the, sorry, of, the, of the sower. Do you remember the, the farmer that's sowing the seeds and some seed falls on the, on the path? And Jesus said that seed just gets taken away by, by the devil. And, and people don't come to faith in him. And other seed falls um, not on, on, the, on the rock, and it doesn't take root. And so when that seed, the seed of God's word, the seed of the good news of Jesus, um, sprouts, it doesn't have that root. So when times of challenge and testing come along, it falls away and dies. And then there's another seed that falls, well, the same seeds, but falls on um, the thorny ground. And that seed again grows but the, the thorns kind of strangle it, and it doesn't, it doesn't grow the way it should. And, and Jesus says, you know, there'll be people that hear the good news of Jesus and, and hear the good news. And they, uh, but yeah, the worries of life or the, 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 um, the, the lure of money or possessions distracts them and strangles them, and so that plant dies. But there's also the seed that falls on the, the good soil. 
at the soil of people's hearts where they, they, they accept the message and they go, yes, this is true. Jesus has done for me through his death and resurrection is, is true. And I want to live it. I want to follow Jesus with all of my heart. And, and in that situation, Jesus says, you know, that plant that grows, the seed is multiplied, not just by a few, but 30 times or 50 times or 100 times that which was sown. And it makes me kind of want to go, yeah, I want to, I want to share my faith more because who knows where that seed will fall. But Jesus gives three motivators uh, that I want to talk about, things that highly motivated him to share his faith. And uh, before I say anything more about those, I, I want to say that this is in the context of about 10 talks that we've done. Okay, so don't just hear this talk in isolation from all the others. Someone um, my uh, theological college where I trained said this, the problem with saying anything as a Christian is that you can only say one thing at a time. You can't say everything at a time. So remember what we've been talking about, about building connections with other people. Remember we've been talking about loving our neighbor, uh, about listening well, uh, listening to understand where people are coming from and listening to love them and care for them. Uh, remember what we've been talking about, about sharing hope. Um, about being filled with the Holy Spirit to give us the power, because it's not about us, it's about what he's doing through us. And praying, and praying for opportunities, praying for God's help in the situations that we face. Um, so with that in mind, I want to give three things. They all begin with G. And the first one is this, grace. In the uh, reading that Claire, uh, the first reading Claire read to us, uh, is the story where Jesus gets baptised. And it's right at the beginning uh, where he is sharing uh, the good news that God has given him to bring uh, to, the, to the people around him. And it's right before he's going to face temptation uh, in the desert with the devil. And then right before uh, he's rejected by his community in Nazareth. And he's re completely rejected. Why is it that he could carry on even in the face of rejection? Well, I think this gives us a clue. This gives us a motivator. Um, so Jesus, when he's baptized, um, all of heaven opens and the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus and he hears a voice from heaven. And God says this to him, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. How did Jesus deal with the rejection? Well, because he knew that he was totally loved by his father. You know, the rejection from even his community was this small compared to the vast love, vast as, a, as an ocean that we'll sing later, that the father had for Jesus. You know, uh, when uh, Eileen was uh, praying that prayer where we remind ourselves that we're forgiven, it's not just that we're forgiven or just strengthened, it's that we've been adopted through what Jesus has done on the cross. If you've put your trust in Jesus, you've been adopted by God the Father. You're his son. You're his daughter. And so that means that we can hear God say the same thing over us. We can hear him say to us, you are my child. You are my son. You're my daughter whom I love with you I'm well pleased. Not because we've lived perfect lives, but because now we've been given the, the righteousness, the goodness of, of Jesus that he's lived in our place. We are adopted in his family. And I don't know about you, I want other people to enjoy that adoption into his family. I want other people to enjoy his love pouring into our hearts. 
The grace of God motivated Jesus to share the good news that he had been given by God. That's the first G. But the second G is Gehenna. Uh, Gehenna uh, was the famous rubbish tip outside of Jerusalem that Jesus uh, used as a vivid illustration to talk about hell. Now, hell isn't a topic that I like to talk about, or probably any of us want to talk about. But the fact is that Jesus talked about hell more than any other person in the whole Bible. For him, he talked about it in vivid language. I was listening to my Bible in a year um, yesterday, uh, listening to Matthew 25, where again and again, Jesus depicts what hell is like. Have a read of it later. Or he spoke in other parables as well. For instance, uh, Jesus that, um, spoke about the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16, uh, when he is warning um, other people about their lifestyle. He says things like this, but I tell you, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Anyone who says you fall will be in danger of the fire of hell. Jesus spoke about hell. Why? Because he knew what his mission was. His mission was to rescue people from sin and death and Satan and hell. And so he was so passionate about seeing people come to know God so that they could escape that and enjoy eternal life and enjoy God's presence and enjoy God's forgiveness and enjoy relationship and life in all its fullness that he spoke about it. It highly motivated Jesus. I want you to turn to the screen and uh, watch this film clip from uh, a film that I really enjoyed called Don't Look Up. Turn to the screen. This is not real. This is not real. This is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh. For you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, and you gotta digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off. What are we gonna do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. Guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Hey, okay. hey, okay. well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not so not so much. Okay, a funny clip. It's a, it's a really interesting film, how different people respond to the news that there's this comet that's coming to Earth, and it's going to destroy everything. And um, I won't spoil it for you in terms of what happens, but uh, it's, it's, if you get easily offended, it's probably not the film for you, but uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, but what Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, um, they, they discover right at the beginning of the film this, this comet that is going to destroy, it's this huge comet that's going to destroy the Earth. And they think, Gee, oh, we've got to tell people about it. And when they get blown off, they think, well, how can we do this? Now, Jennifer Lawrence goes a little bit crazy and just screams out at the, uh, the news in that, in that interview up there. And I suggest that isn't the best way to tell people bad news. Just screaming in their face doesn't normally help people. Uh, 
Leonardo DiCaprio chooses a slightly different route where he tries to explain it compassionately and thoughtfully, although he does compromise at one point, but um, how, how it is that, that what people need to do in response to this, this comment. At um, a recent alpha I was at, someone um, or a number of people asked me these questions. They said, uh, Mark, uh, is, is there a hell? And then someone else said, but Mark, how can God let child abuse happen? Now, the part, part of me wants to kind of skirt the questions and talk about something nice. But actually, um, I've, I've come to the conclusion that if I'm going to follow Jesus, then I've got to actually tackle those questions. And I'm not going to go into all the answers, but I will just say briefly what I said. I said this. You know what? Um, our world cries out for justice, doesn't it? It cries out for justice. With what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, doesn't it cry out for justice? And when, when someone who is bent on evil, when someone who is bent on destroying people, if they're, if they're not held accountable, what does that say about God? It says that he's not a God of justice or that he doesn't care, but our God does care. He cares deeply. And that means he cares about the person who's been abused. It means that he cares about the people on the borders or in Ukraine right now. He cares about them so much. He loves them. But he doesn't just, he's not just a God of justice. That would be bad news for all of us. He's a God who loves. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that we wouldn't have to perish, but we could have eternal life when we believe in him. And so I, 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 said to, I said to the guys around, I said, look, we have a God who is a God of justice and a God of love. If you, if you take out hell, ultimately, there can be no justice, ultimately, because there's no ultimate judge. You just get the justice in this world and some people escape from it. But if you only have that, you just have a God who just is keen on punishing people, but isn't a God of love. And yet we have both. In fact, we have a God who is so loving that he'll come in the person of Jesus and he'll take that judgment on himself, on the cross. The hardest thing for Jesus crossing the pain line was not sharing his faith, but was making the decision to go to the cross on our behalf, separated from his Father so that we could know him. Jesus was highly motivated by grace, by Gehenna, and finally, by glory. Um, Claire read this verse uh, from John 12, verse 27. Uh, Jesus is on his way to the cross, and he prays this prayer to his Father. He says this, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this re very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Jesus' purpose, his passion was glorifying, honoring his Father. And it dictated everything that he did. It influenced absolutely every second of his day. Uh, he was never distracted from his purpose of glorifying his Father. Now, I have to admit, I'm quite different from that. I mean, I get all, I get all distracted on all kinds of shadow missions rather than the mission of glorifying my Father in heaven. And my purposes and passions get sidetracked into other lesser things. Um, things like, um, just uh, maybe you're the same, living a nice, comfortable life. Do you ever think, I just would like to live a nice, comfortable life? Or, or I would just love people to like me. Or I'd love, I'd love to have a bit more money. Or I'd love to have uh, this or that. Or I'd love to have a bit more respect. Or I'd love to be popular. Or I'd love to be, I'd love life to just to be easy. Or I'd love to have career. Actually, I'm not really that interested in career progression. I've no interest in being a bishop. But, 
Although that is a classic line people say, isn't it, before they become one. But that, I really don't intend that either. But, you know, uh, you know, we all have these shadow missions, don't we? Where we, we kind of live instead of for the glory of our Father, we live for the glory of ourselves. And yet those kind of things can just stop us. They can hold us back from sharing our faith. Look, if, if, I, if my goal is to live a comfortable life, it's a bit uncomfortable sometimes sharing my faith. If my goal is to always be liked then I won't share my face because there is the chance I will be rejected or at least what I say will be. And yet if we live for the glory of our Father, then all of those things go to the side. And we say, actually, it's about your name. It's about you getting the glory, God. It's not about me. That's what Jesus did. That's why he could say, Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this reason that I came. He knew what his purpose was. He knew his purpose was to go to the cross. Do you know what your purpose is? Do you ever say in that moment when you're sharing, when you've got that opportunity to share your faith, God, could you save me from this slightly awkward moment where I've got, I, I know I should say something? No, this is why I'm here. This is the very purpose why I'm here in this conversation because this person they need to know God's love. They need to have a relationship with God. It is the most important message they could ever, ever hear. Not save me from this awkward moment or potentially awkward. It might not be. It might be a great conversation. Who knows? But God, help me. In fact, um, Jesus earlier on, uh, he says this. Uh, actually, Luke 12. Um, he says, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you'll defend yourself or what, will you, what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. You know, sometimes we don't say anything because we don't know what to say, but God has promised us that the Holy Spirit will teach us what to say in that moment. I loved what Ali said. She said, be brave and trust God. And ultimately, that's what we've got to do. We've just got to go, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to trust God and step out. And he's going to tell me what to say. And maybe it won't be the most perfect, mo perfect sentence I ever say. Uh, maybe it'll be a tiny bit awkward. Or maybe I won't get it quite right the first time. And do you know what? None of us get anything right the first time, do we? Apart from those fluky games of card games where you have beginner's luck. But mostly, it's a learning process, isn't it? It's a learning process. And we'll only grow if we keep stepping out. And trusting God. I was speaking to someone recently, and they were telling me the story of how they'd become a Christian. And they said that, um, that someone had started talking to them about Jesus. And in that moment, they felt it's a tiny bit awkward, but they listened anyway. And as they listened, they then went on and they did um, Christianity Explored, very similar to Alpha. And then they realized it was true, and they became a Christian. Someone had dared to cross the pain line, throw out a seed, not knowing what would happen, trusting God, being brave, and that person is now a Christian, following Jesus, and they, yes, exactly, and they will now be sharing their faith with other people. Can you imagine if each of us in our pocket had a bunch of seeds, maybe just a hundred, and you threw them out? Over your front, not, don't actually do this, but it's a metaphor, isn't it? You threw that message over your friends, over your family, over those you know. And maybe, do you know what? Some of them didn't take root. But imagine what would happen to the ones that did. Let's be a church 
that is motivated like Jesus to share our faith, motivated um, because, because of grace, because we know we're so loved that rejection is tiny compared to the huge love that we're offered in Jesus, motivated um, by Gehenna because we want people to have eternal life, uh, motivated by glory because our purpose is to glorify our Father in heaven.